Yes, let's sing it again. We want more. Uh, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. What is he saying? He says, you are in the world, but don't be of the world. That's a little bit more plain for us. But he says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I love that. I mean, that to me, I'm like, yes, I want some of that in my life. They prosper in all that they do, leaves never wither, but not the wicked. They are like worthless shaft, scattered in the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Uh, today, we're going to be starting a series called Be Real, because fake is exhausting, and we're going to jump into the Psalms, some of the most real, raw verses that we get in Scripture come right out of the, the heart of these psalms. So as you, before you take a seat, I'm going to have you welcome a few people. It's been a few weeks since we've been back in the house. It's been since May. So what I want you to do, go around and greet two, three, four people. Say hello. Say, I'm glad to see you. As you're doing that, um, a little icebreaker question. How tall are you? Let them know how tall you are. All right. Sorry, Emily. Online, if you're joining us in online, let me know how tall are you. I can't see you, so I can't judge you on that. I want to welcome our online church family as well who's joining in. We haven't live streamed in a couple months either, so it's been a while since we've been on with our online family. You can comment, how tall are you? Jonathan, if you want to bring that comment section up just a little bit. Um, oh, 10 foot, Austin, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, we can't see you. Um, I, want to, I want to know, or I asked a question to many of you yesterday about what are, what are some things we are not real about? What are some things that we kind of tend to share little white lies about? Uh, for the longest time, my driver's license said I was 5'9". Um, that's not funny. That's not funny. It says 5'7 now, which I say I'm 5'8", because it's like 5'7 and 3 quarters. But, you know, uh, sometimes we, we fib a little bit on our height. We want to be a little bit taller. Uh, we, we, uh, our age, our weight, I did not ask you about your age or weight and, and have you share about those things. Um, I thought height would be a little bit safer. Uh, you guys said, uh, I'm fine. You know, just the people, hey, how are you? And it's customary to respond, I'm fine. Um, and I, I get that, but we put on the mask. Some of us, we just, it's our face. Our face tells the lie. We just try to put on the face to show that we're good, but on the inside, we're, we're hurting. Uh, golf scores. Some of y'all lie about your golf scores, uh, taking mulligans and different things like that. Um, uh, my kids, they always lie. I say, hey, we need to go now. And they're like, oh, just one more turn, just one more turn. And there's always 
one more turn or one more time or one more game or something. I'm like, you lied to me. Um, we, we all have kind of some areas where we, we kind of uh, are not real. That email that came in a long time ago, and then you forgot about it, and then they asked, hey, did you get that email? And like, oh, I, I must have went to my spam folder or something. You know, I don't, it's just weird. I don't know why we do these things, but we do. Um, as we talk about this series and, and, and being real, and we're going to go through the Psalms, and we'll go th- jump into Psalms 1 here in a minute. Um, did anyone see the giving tree at Los Alamos High School that, that crashed and, and fell down? Um, I, don't, I don't know all the history and significance of this tree, um, but here you got this beautiful tree, and then a windstorm comes through, and um, it comes crashing down, and what little I read about it was it, it wasn't, after it crashed, you could examine what was going on on the inside, and they said it, had, it was rotting on the inside. On the outside looked great to all of us. We were surprised when we're like, oh my gosh, look at that. But what is really on the inside eventually makes its way out. It can look great on the outside, life-giving on the outside, but eventually what is on the inside comes out. And in the heart of this series of Be Real, I want us to to look at what's going on at the heart, what's going on on the inside. And you might wonder, well, why is this important? Because, you know, okay, whatever. Uh, Unless you want to live on a deserted island for the rest of your life, okay, the people around you, the people who you love, they don't want a giant crash coming down because we didn't deal with what was rotten on the inside. Sometimes we got to deal with some hard things in our lives, some real things in our lives, and make progress on those so we can lead towards health and towards life. Because not only do we have a purpose in our life and we want a good relationship with our Heavenly Father, but we want great, healthy relationships and thriving relationships with the people around us. And so your, your spouse would say, yes, would you please tune in for the next month in this series and be real and be authentic. Your kids would say, hey, mom, dad, would you please not neglect this? All right, you don't live on a deserted island. <laughs> we, we live in relationship and I want you to get better. I want me to get better and we can all collectively get better, but we can't do that if we're gonna put on the mask and be fake. At a certain point, we got to be real and deal with these issues. What I love about the Psalms, there's 140 some odd, 50 some odd, I can't remember. There's so many. All right, we're gonna, I'm going to go through four Psalms over the next four weeks that have just really shaped my life. All right, so you might have yours. I would love to throughout these weeks to hear about your favorite Psalms, ones that have spoken to you. Uh, when you read through them, I mean, they're incredibly raw, which I love. And they, they talk about faith, but they also talk about doubts. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 44 says, wake up, God. Are you asleep? What are you doing? Do you not see everything that's going on? You, st- you speak of, uh, uh, it speaks of victories. It speaks of failures. It speaks of uh, crying out 
It also has rage and anger. There's in Psalm 137. It says, go get the, the enemies. Get them and kill them. Take their babies and dash their head on rocks. I mean, why don't you just get out what you really want to happen? I mean, it just it's really raw and open about what is going on with the, the, the Psalms. It may not be the, the best thing, but I love it because we have some of these feelings of doubt, the, some feelings of discouragement, some feelings of rage, and God's big enough to handle all of those things where you could take it to Him in relationship. It also has a incredible amount of hope. You see praise, you see confession in almost every song, in, in almost every psalm. They'll, they'll cry out to God, but usually somewhere inserted, usually towards the end, it's like, but yet I will trust in you. I don't understand all this stuff. I hate it. I don't like it. God, where are you? But yet my faith, even though it's not clear, even though I don't fully understand, but yet I will trust in you. It's a beautiful, beautiful section of Scripture, the Psalms, and we're going to journey through it. And we're starting in Psalm 1. Oh, the joys. Some of yours say blessed. Blessed are those. Are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. I don't know. Does anyone in the room want to be blessed today? Only one, two, are we, are we tracking? All right, all right, so yeah, yeah. It's okay to want to be blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. All right, I want to be blessed. Well, he's given you the recipe for success, the recipe for, for being blessed by God. He says, blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or, or join in with mockers. All right, so he's like giving you, hey, don't do this. You want to be blessed? Don't do these things. But if you want to be blessed, do these things. But the, the, they delight in the law of the Lord. What's that? That's originally to the original audience. That was the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, right? That's what they had. For us, we know that we worship Jesus. He, he was the, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So he's in the five books of the Torah, but he's also all throughout Scripture. So blessed are those who get in their Bible, who, who delight in the Word. Who, who delight in the scriptures, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. When I was a baby Christian, and I'm trying to figure out this question, God, what do you want me to do in, in life? What's my purpose in life? I ran across this, and it blew my mind, because I'm a, I'm a computer science. That was my original career path. I'm a very linear thinker, like X plus Y equals Z or whatever. You know, I just, I can do the, all the stuff. I want things to line up. And here I'm like, oh my gosh, here's a blueprint for success. Here, this is what God says, hey, you want to be bearing fruit in every season of your life? Here's, here's how. You want to you be a leaf that never, never withers or 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 uh, that you prosper in all that you do. Yeah, yeah, I want that, I want that. Here you go. Here you go. Where are you going to plant yourself? What we see in just these first two verses is people who want to receive a blessing, all right? And he says, if you want to re receive a blessing, don't do these things. In other words, on the opposite side, he's like, hey, you want to wreck your life? Do this. You want to wreck your marriage? Do these things. You want to you uh, just 
really go down the path of regret and you want to go that way, do these things. And you see this progression. He says, follow. Those who follow the advice of the wicked, you follow the wrong crowd. Then the, then the, the progression goes to you, you're not following them, now you're standing with them. You're standing with the wrong cloud, and then eventually you're sitting with them. You see this with Peter when he denied Jesus. Jesus gets arrested. Peter follows at a distance. Then he's outside the gate standing with the crowd, and eventually he's sitting with them saying, I don't know who that guy is. Like you're saying, I know Jesus. I don't know the man at all. And you see this progression. Sin has a progression in it. Follow, sit. Or follow, stand, and sit. I know for myself, when I got with the wrong crowd, you see a relational component with this, that who you're running with, the relationships you have, are a huge indicator in the direction that you're going or that you might be going. Who are you with right now? Who's in your circle? And which direction are they headed? For me, I, got, I, I went to church my whole life, but then I started running from God. Then the crowd that I got with, now, it is not their fault. This is all my fault. I chose to follow with them. I chose to stand with them. I chose to sit with them. To at one point, I will never forget sitting in my dorm room with my roommate, and we're talking about the Bible, but we're talking about how he doesn't think that the Bible is real, is trustworthy, and, and just isn't even from God. To where I sat down, I said, you know what? I think you're right. And when I said that, I kind of had this God moment, like you just totally denied your faith. Look how far you have gone. And I see myself in this progression. All of us, the Bible says, all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. And sheep are bad at following directions. Like we're all prone to this. Sorry, anyone, like I, bad joke, trying to get you, get you in. All right, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're driving on the road, but you start to go over too far and you hit that, that little spot where it's like, like you're starting to, to, to move in a bad direction here and there's warning signs in there. It's why it's so important to have healthy relationships. People who you can go to when you're struggling with these things, the real you who's struggling with sin, the real you who's struggling with doubt that has questions, the real you that has insecurities, who do you have that you can go to? It's one reason why we have connect groups here at Freedom Church. Now, I would say get in a connect group, but this summer they're kind of on pause, all right? We'll kick them back up this fall. At the same time, that doesn't stop you from having real relationships right now. You get to choose where you're planted. You get to choose the relationships. And you might say, I don't know anyone here. Well, you can start today to get to know some people. And build these relationships. Because doing this in isolation, you will get off on a wrong direction. You need healthy relationships. You need a place where you can be you and still loved and accepted. It's a gradual pro progression. Who's got pets in the room? Pets? Anybody got a pet? Pet, pet, pet. Uh, pets' names. What's your pet's name? Riley, Roxy, Hercules, huh? Pink nose. What is pink nose? A, a cat with a pink nose. I got you. Um, what did we hear yesterday? Was it Jameson? 
Was it? We heard of Jameson. I'm like, Jay Jameson? All right. Um, there's a, a news story that came out in Florida a couple years ago. And um, this lady had a, like a Pomeranian dog, one of those little dogs. And uh, she had a doggy door for her dog that could go in and out, in and out of the, the kitchen. Which, okay, fine, no big deal. Except in Florida, uh, maybe sometimes having a doggy door isn't the best idea. Because when she came home one afternoon to check on her little Pomeranian, pink nose, um, she didn't find the dog. What she found was a giant alligator coming through the doggy door, trying to get the little Pomeranian dog. I kind of see sin like this, that sometimes you and I have our little pet sin that doesn't really seem like a big deal. Like on the surface, we know we probably shouldn't. At the same time, it's not really harming anyone else in the whole grand scheme of things. Not that big of a deal. It's just this little thing. It's this little pet Pomeranian. But can I tell you, you don't get to choose what comes next through the doggy door. You just let it in and out, let it in and out, let it in and out, and you play with the thing, and it's all nice and fun until you got an alligator at your door. This is, can I be real? Sin is no joke. Sin has consequences that the enemy, this is, the enemy will use the little pet sin that you think is no big deal as bait for something bigger to come through that door. This is why it says in Colossians, it says, so put to death. Notice how aggressive that is. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Do not play around. And I, I, could, I could sit down with you one-on-one -on -one to go over what that thing is. It's going to be different for each and every one of us. And it's not always lined up in Scripture. For some of you, it may be, hey, this thing, you don't need to have this anymore. You, you, it is wrecking your life right now. And, and, and God might be telling you, you need to put this away. All right? But iPhone's not written in Scripture. Phone isn't written in Scripture. So for some of us, he might say, hey, this is fine. You're okay. But for others, you know it's sin if you're not listening to what God's calling you to do. To say, put this thing to death. You don't need it in your life. It's going to wreck you. There are things in our lives that we can play around with that, that can mess us up. I've never met anyone who's an alcoholic or addicted to drugs or addicted to pornography, or have some sort of strong addiction that was like, oh yeah, that's what I always wanted in life. To just be hooked in to where I cannot remove these chains, and I can't go a day without it. No, what's it do? It starts with one drink. It's just a drink. It's just once a month I got drunk. It's just uh, once a week. It's, it's just twice a week. It's a gradual progression to all of a sudden now you're chained and bound. 
And at the start, it didn't look like it was. It was just this little pet sin. And, and we all have something. We all have something that is threatening. Something that maybe isn't big now, but you know. You know, because if you have God in your life and you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and he just says, hey, 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 I love you. Let's not follow that way. Let's not go in that direction. And, and, and we kind of have this back and forth. Colossians says, put to death the sinful and earthly de- things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiper of things of the world. Because of these things, because of sin, the anger, or some of your translations say the wrath of God is coming. Again, this is no joke to God. And I say these things not to shame you, okay? Going to the real you, I'm not trying to shame you. He's saying, I want to bless you. I have good things on the horizon. Blessed are those who don't follow this path. Blessed are those who make the choice not to be planted and and going in that direction, going in that way. Now, we all know this, okay? You know this. You're like, hey, I don't want to go this direction. Easier said than done when we get into the moment because you're going to go out of these walls and, and whatever that thing is, you're going to be tempted with it sometime this week, sometime tomorrow, maybe sometime today. Here's, here's where it really comes down. Here's the real question that God wanted me to ask, because you know what that thing is. Are you willing to get better? Because otherwise, this is just fluff. Hey, good sermon, got challenged, got encouraged, pat myself on the back. Do you really want to get better? That's a choice you have to make. That's a choice between you and your heavenly father, your creator, who's lovingly pointing out some things and say, don't go this way, but do you want to get better or not? If, if I'm being real, no, I don't. Because getting better is hard. It is easier to just numb it off and distract myself with scrolling or video games. It's easier to numb it off with a drink. It's easier to numb it off with a pill or just Netflix and chill. It's easier to just forget about it than to actually deal with what is going on with the real me on the inside. This is hard stuff, which is why I think Colossians says put it to death because you're going to have to do some hard work if you really want to get better. Do I really? Do you really want to get better? Do you really want to get better? I will tell you, for not only for you, it will be hard. There may be consequences. But for us as a church at large, our willingness to get better will be, as far as the direction that this church is headed, will be either, hey, we're just a normal church. We just kind of say, walk the walk, talk the talk, kind of do the things. We do some good things. Or a church that is just like killing it that is reaching this town. Our willingness to get better and take next steps of faith, regardless of how hard it is, and be obedient and surrender my life to God will be the direction of this church in our relationships. Because they're going to be like, hey, that church, that person is like a tree in a desert, life-giving. I want to be around that person. There's something different about that person. 
It goes on in the verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now, I don't know what your thoughts are about the Bible. I used to think it was boring. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is boring, until I actually started reading and digging into it. If you think it's boring, you're reading it wrong, all right? Bring some life into it. You have so much, if there's something you don't understand, you have so much access at your fingertips to dig in and find out what is this thing? What does this mean? I don't understand. I love the questions that we have coming in for our July series. At the same time, you can get the answers yourself. You know, you can find it and you can dig in and you can seek God. In that. And it says that they meditate on it day and night. Now, this word meditate is kind of like a, a muttering, like it's on your lips. I don't know what you think about with meditate. I'm thinking like, um, you know, there's some sort of weird thing. No, but it's just kind of like it's on your breath. It's in your mouth. And, you're, and it's, it's a constant. The word, the verb is an imperfect tense, which means that it's a constant. It's a continual thing. So I'm delighting in, the, uh, delighting in God's word, which means I'm in it. But then I got that word on my mouth, kind of underneath my breath. If you saw me hiking sometimes uh, by myself up when we, in the days when we could hike, you, if you came across me, you might think I'm weird because I'm usually like practicing a sermon or something. And so I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> like, who's this crazy guy just talking to himself? It's me. It's my pastor. Um, but he has it on his mouth. Jesus says it like this. He says, give us this day our daily bread. That word is like food. It's like nourishment. I need this. I've got to learn to feed myself. I, I said it earlier, like I'm blessed and highly favored. That seems to be so prideful. It seems to be like, oh, well, how arrogant of you. But I need to say that to myself sometimes because of what's going on in my brain. To say, no, I, God is for me, not against me. God is with me. I'm not alone. There are times, like just today, just being real, and I've told some of you guys today, I woke up this morning tight chest. And I didn't ask for this, but just anxiety, a wave is just on me. And I, so I have been repeating things to myself, giving thanksgiving for things that God has put on my life to say, no, I'm not these things that are going on in my head. God, you, you have, 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 have created me. I am, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am called, and you are with me. You love me. Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I got to delight and get in God's word. I need to learn to feed myself. If the only meal you get is on a Sunday morning, and that's it for the entire week, you are not going to grow. You are not going to be healthy. If you came in here with a bib instead of a fork and a knife, expecting to get fed, I've been in church world long enough. I've also been in your position where I'm in the audience, and I got a bib on. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me. And that was never the design. It has always been get a fork, get a knife, get in the Word, and you learn to feed yourself. And feed yourself not only on Sunday morning, but also feed yourself during the week. Get yourself a steak. Don't just settle for a, a tiny little cracker or a bagel. 
But God's word is there for you to choose every day where you are going to get planted and feed yourself. That way, if you come in on a Sunday morning and the pastor fires up a dud, which I will, you're not still starving. You're like, ah, okay, I skipped a meal. I'm good to go. I was not dependent upon that word to feed me for the rest of my week because I'll go get it in podcast. I'll dive into the word and read it for myself. I'll be in community with others. I'm going to be talking about this thing. They delight in it. It's there. It's part of them. You want to be blessed and highly favored? Get in God's word. Feed yourself. Get a stake. Jesus says it like this. He says, ask, seek, knock, and the door will be open. He's not hiding. The choice is yours on where you are going to plant yourself each and every day. Now, a lot of us come to this when we get into God's word. We're like, what do you want me to do? It comes down to, God, I'm reading this, but what do you want me to do? Here's my situation. I need help with X. A lot of the times, the Bible does not help with X. It gives you no clarity on the decision that you need to make, which is, I would say, it's not a bad question to ask, but it's not necessarily the best question to ask when you're opening up the Bible. Let me give you a hint. The better question to ask than what do you want me to do is who do you want me to be? God, who do you want me to be today? Who do you want me to be in X in this situation? When you start asking that question, God, who do you want me to be? The Bible comes alive. It starts speaking right to the real you and to the heart of you. And the more you know and the more you practice who God wants you to be, the better position you are in to know what he wants you to do. Start with God, who do you want me to be when you're opening up this question or when you're opening up the scriptures? Jesus, again, he talks about this, this same idea of, of, of delighting in the Lord and meditating on it day and night. Jesus says in John 15, he says, remain in me, abide in me. Let's, let's be together in this thing and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. You got to be getting filled up. You got to be filled up from your creator. So many of us, we are running on empty. You're tired. I'm tired. And we want to get filled up. I want to be next to the riverbank. I'm thirsty. I need some life here. But the problem is we come at life sideways expecting to get filled up. You'll go to people. Will you fill me up? Can you fill my cup? Can you? You'll go to internet. You'll go to success. You'll go to finances, to money. Can you fill me up? Can this career fill me up? And the problem is when we go to other things other than God, they will give us a temporary filling, but it will only last for a second. It comes in, feels good, it's fun. Sin, by the way, is fun. It's fun, no denying, that's why we go to it. It's fun, but only for a minute. And it does not fill, and it does not satisfy. 
And God's saying, hey, you want to be filled up with joy? You want to be filled up with peace? You want to be filled up? It's not going to be going around to the world saying, oh, satisfy me, satisfy me, pleasure. I want this, I want this. No, you go and you get filled up from your creator, the source. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Some of you guys right now have realized I've gotten way off track. I have chosen to plant myself somewhere else, and I now know why I feel so thirsty. In July, I'll put this on social media and email just so you know, because I was thinking about this this week. Like, I get in the Word, I get in it daily, but some of you guys might think, I don't know where to start. Let's do July 1st through July 31st. 31 days planted. 31 days planted by the riverbank, all right? Um, I'll set it up where you text in something or email something, and we'll all get on this 31-day chain, 31 days together in the Word. Together, we'll get a plan together, and just let's do month of July, creating a habit in our life. Some of you guys might already have that habit, but join in anyway, because we're going to need that encouragement together. 31 days planted, 31 days planted in July. The result of this life, the result of the planted life. He says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. I love this. I love this. I love this. Have you ever flown over New Mexico, flown out of Albuquerque, flown out of Santa Fe? And you, I, I love it because I love to see where, where things at. Where's Los Alamos? Where's Espanola? Where's Santa Fe? Where's things? But you never have any problem knowing where the Rio Grande River is at. You see brown, brown, and then you see this snake-like green strip that's just coming right through. You know where the life is at. You can see the evidence of it. The person who does this, their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. There is fruit in each season. God's character, just like in Galatians 6. God's character of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, you will be bearing and showing evidence of that fruit. You will be living for a kingdom, a kingdom that is not as this earth, but a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, God's kingdom. You're going to see people in your life get saved through you because they see God through you. You got a, a, a community, the fruit that they'll see is, is people who are being served. I know for many of us, we say love Los Alamos and we're like, I need love, I'm thirsty. But if you only knew the people in our community, the people in this room, the people on your row who need your love right now who could benefit from you being planted by these riverbanks. Saying, I need to be loved. I need some community right now. They're there and it's available. All of this reminds me of Jesus. In John 14, 6, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Don't follow the way of the wicked. Don't go that way. Jesus is the way. They delight in the law of the Lord. Jesus is the truth. They are like a tree giving life. Jesus is the life. 
what's been hard in this is like I know where I want to be planted and I know I want to be that life-giving source. But as I mentioned about my anxiety and some of the things that go on in my head, I don't always feel like it. I don't always feel like I'm planted by the riverbanks. I don't always feel like I'm fruitful. I feel like my, my, my leaves are, are withering. I want to promise you today, no matter where you're at and where you feel today, God's with you today. You're never too far away to plant yourself and make that choice. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly. Jesus, our, our God, this reminds me of Joshua too. And I'll close with this. He says to Joshua in Joshua chapter one, be strong, Joshua, and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Don't follow that way. Then you will be successful in everything that you do, Joshua. They're about ready to go into the promised land, which is going to be an incredible battle. Wars, battle, death, blood, hard stuff that they're going to be facing. I would think if I'm in Joshua's shoes, what I need for success, I need strategy. I need power. I need weapons in this battle. And that's what many of us go after. But God says, no, 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 no. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you and you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. It's not in might. It's not in strategy. It is by spirit. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Freedom Church, let's stand. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster. As well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.